There was an old lady, a believer, who would pray out loud every day for the Lord to meet her needs. She would pray boldly like Daniel and loudly with her windows open. Her next door neighbor just so happened to be an atheist. And he got so disgusted and fed up with this lady believing and praying every day to a God that in his mind wasn't there. Well, one day he heard her praying. God, I need some groceries in my home. I'm out. My cupboards are just about bare. I need some provision, Lord. And I believe that you are the God. You are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You are the one who has everything. You are my El Shaddai, my more than enough God. And I know that you will provide for me and my family. Well, her atheist neighbor, he heard this prayer and he said, I'm going to teach her a lesson. So he went to the grocery store and he bought several bags full of groceries and he put it on her front porch and he knocked on her door and he hid in the bushes. The lady came to the door. She saw the groceries. She began to look. There was meat. There was bread. There were fresh vegetables. She lifted her hands to God and with her voice aloud cried, God, thank you for meeting my needs. I knew you would do it. The man reveals himself from his hiding place and says, you idiot. Your God didn't do anything. I heard you praying. I put the groceries on your porch. God does not exist. The lady said, sir, my God has provided all that I need, even if he made the devil pay for it. Hi, I'm Randall Sims, and this is my podcast. Jesus, the Christ, at the cross of Calvary, purchased eternal life for you and for me. Life more abundant. That life has already begun, so why wait until the afterlife to live that life to the fullest? Welcome to the most impatient Christian podcast in the entire world. This is Christ Life Now. is building up Jerusalem, gathering together the outcasts of Israel, mending up their wounds, healing broken bones. There's a song from, oh, I think it was from the 90s that says that so well, takes that scripture and it adds in, they rush on the city, they run on the walls, great is the army that carries out his word. And then it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm. The Lord is building up Jerusalem. The kingdom is being built. God's kingdom for all of those who believe. It's not about this church or that church or or any other religious entity, but it's about those who believe. Those who are born again of the blood of Christ Jesus are in the kingdom of God. Don't you agree? I dare say, if you're in church on this Sunday morning, with all that's going on in our world, you may very well be part of that remnant. I'm happy to be part of the remnant. I'm happy to be part of those who remain. I wish that the remnant were larger. Let me just tell you what my flesh desires. I wish that the remnant were larger. But it is what it is. And we need to understand that whatever happens... God's plan will be accomplished. You see, Jerusalem, or we can parallel that and say the, uh, the kingdom is being built. 
and the things that God put in your life, the purposes that he has called you to, no matter what hurt, no matter what separation from other people, no matter what separation from your plans and your desires have taken place, God is not surprised. How can someone who is omniscient, all-knowing, be surprised? Well, the truth is, he can't. Judges chapter 7. God's people had once again backslidden. They had turned their back on Yahweh, on God. They began to do the things that his people, his, his chosen people, they became involved in things such as, the Bible specifically mentions the witchcraft. They became victims because of this. You know, I'll go ahead and insert here. When we turn our backs on God, we should not expect a revelation and receipt of his blessings. When we turn our backs on God and the things that he has commanded us to do, and we get into things that are of the enemy, we should not expect his protection and his blessings. That doesn't mean that he won't sometimes give them to us, but we should not expect them. Does that make sense? So they became conquered by, oppressed by, the Midianites. Well, some would think that it was just the devil that sent the Midianites, and maybe it was. But many times when we go through a tough situation, it's not so much that God sends the problem to us, but God allows us to go through a problem. And many times, once again, it's because of our own disobedience. The people asked for a deliverance from the Midianites, and God sent them a deliverer. Gideon. Gideon was nobody particularly special, at least not in the eyes of man. He was a simple farmer. Nonetheless, he was God's chosen one at this time to deliver them from the hands, to deliver his people from the hands of the Midianites. Gideon went to his immediate family, his immediate people and tribe, and, and he got, gathered all the men that he could gather. And then he went to a couple of other tribes all within Israel, and he gathered all the men that he could gather from those tribes. And he ended up with roughly 32,000 men. That's a lot of people. 32,000 men that were going to rise up against the Midianites. And then, as they began to go towards the, the Midianites, as they began to prepare for battle, God said, wait a minute, Gideon, that's too many. Why did God say, you're going to win this battle, but it's too many people? God specifically said, because if you win with this many people, Israel will say that you won the battle. And rightfully so, anybody would. God said, I want the glory. I want the people to acknowledge. I want the world to know that you won this battle because I am your God. Because of me. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to get rid of some people. God said to Gideon, first of all, you send home all the men who are afraid. All those who don't really want to be here, in other words. All those whose hearts just really aren't feeling this war. You send them home. And can you imagine what must have been going on in Gideon's mind at this time? He's thinking, I gathered all these people. Victory is almost ensured. And now God's telling me, wait a minute. You've done too well. You've got too much of a following. Your church is too big, boy. <laughs> so he lost over 20,000 men. Now when you go 
from 32,000 down to significantly less, you're going to feel a little bit blue, aren't you? If you're a salesperson and you have 32,000 clients and God says, wait a minute, that's too many. I want people to know that your resources come from me. And even if you had that many clients, it still came from me, but people would question it. People would think, wow, what a salesperson he is. Wow, what a, what a manager, what an entrepreneur. So get rid of huh, a few thousand of them. What? God? Can I throw out a fleece before you? This doesn't seem right. That's not all. Then he got to a place where God said to him, and this is going to sound familiar, Gideon, you've got too many men. The scripture does not record Gideon's immediate response. <laughs> but again, he must have thought, God, are you really wanting to give me this victory? You reduced my numbers, and now you've reduced my number. You're about to reduce my numbers again. I mean, I guess if we left with like 5,000, we can probably make a pretty good dent. Yeah, 5,000. We could probably still do it with 5,000 men. God told him, take your men to the river. Let them all get down to drink. Part of them are going to lap water like a dog. They're going to get down on their knees and just drink directly from the stream. Another part of them are going to get down and cup the water in their hands and then they're going to lap it from their hands what god said was this many the ones who do it this certain way you're going to eliminate them and the ones who did it the other way you're going to keep them and i'm just imagining getting and thinking yeah five thousand maybe 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 forty five hundred i can still do it you know how many he was left with three hundred at which point <laughs> i would have begun to question god were you really in this or was it just just me trying to build this army God, was this really you? I mean, I remember when I was throwing out a fleece before you and it, and it came back positive. Then I threw out another one and it came back positive. And, and at one point, an, an angel of the Lord made fire shoot out of a stone in order to, to show Gideon that it was him. Nonetheless, from 32,000 to 300, I don't know if I can do that, Lord. That would be me. But not our farmer Gideon. Gideon just went on. And you know what? He won the battle. That was a quick skip to the end, wasn't it? He, he won the battle. I urge you to go home and read the entire chapter. In fact, read chapter 6 and 7 because there's even more awesome detail that I don't have time to go in today. But end of the story basically is that the victory was won. And with 300 people, do you think that anyone would have truly believed that Gideon defeated an entire nation? Absolutely not. It had to be God doing what God does. God doing what God had always done for his people. Even when they turned their backs on him. Even when they were in Babylon. Even when they were in slavery in Egypt. Even, more recently, during the Holocaust. God has always brought his people. It doesn't mean that they didn't lose, have some losses. It doesn't mean that they didn't suffer. But God has always brought his people through. And do you know that this institution that we always parallel Israel with, the church of the living God, God's kingdom, made up of the believers in Christ Jesus, do you know that God has always brought us through? Even when they were throwing us to lions, God's church has always endured. Do you know that when Jesus began his ministry, what did he start with? He only started with a handful of people. And they were not what, you, most of them were not the people that you would want to, you know, put on your TV commercial. Right? Advertising your ministry. He started with 12. Do you know what happened before it grew to more than 12? He went down to 11. 
And one of those denied him. He corrected, God corrected him. He got on course and did some pretty good things later. But he went down to 11, and then you could even say 10, and, and then, he, then it, it, it began to grow. And then it began to take off. It really went places. And oddly enough, even, even when they lost the leader, even when they lost Jesus, even when Jesus left the ministry for three days, he came back. What is the point of all this information about Gideon? Can I speak frankly and honestly to you? That doesn't indicate that I've been lying up to this point. Church, if you don't want to be here, if you don't want to be in God's kingdom, if you don't want to be in this church, there's the door. Please wait till after service. (laughs) My flesh doesn't want to lose anybody. But what my flesh wants and what God requires in order for the victory to be won are two different things. Are you hearing me today? Sometimes we have to lose ground in order to gain ground. The things that we think that God needs in order to accomplish his purposes are very different from what God knows he needs. You see, Gideon began 32,000 people weak and ended up 300 people strong. That'll meme, won't it? That's pretty good, isn't it? Gideon started with 32,000 people weak and he ended 300 people strong. Now, I have this dream of building a big church that will have so many people. It'll have people of all age groups and all ethnic backgrounds and all kinds of denominational backgrounds. And it'll have people from from this class and that class and that class. And it'll have resources galore so that we can do what the Nazarene church is doing right now and raise money for places like Afghanistan to get people that are in God's kingdom out of there. And when somebody needs pampers in our community... We've got a storehouse full of disposable diapers. They might be greater value diapers because we are good stewards, right? But we have a storehouse full of them. When somebody is hungry in God's kingdom, in our community, we have the resources to meet those needs. When there's somebody who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, we've got plenty of people to reach every single one of them. Y'all, I have a dream, and that is what it looks like. I have a dream that this building would be too small for us. 32,000 people, that's not enough. We need more because we need to send out missionaries to other countries. But y'all, that's my dream. God doesn't need what I think I need. Uh, In 2019, we had several times we had the church just really full, this this particular building. And then 2020 hit, and for this reason or that reason, we lost a lot of people. And that hurt my little feelings. And it discouraged people. And it didn't feel good. But you know what? God didn't need all those people to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. And I love every one of you. But if you're cowards, if you're not in it to win it, there's probably something else that you could be doing on Sunday. Is that understandable? Do you know that I don't mean that in a hateful way? I'm just being honest. If you're not in it to win it, if you're not going to be brave and bold and go all the way, then don't act like you are. If you can't be faithful, then that's okay because we need to focus our attention on someone who is going to be 
faithful, who's going to be brave and not going to be like, I'm so glad that he said that I didn't have to be here because I'm going back home. Remember the guy in the New Testament? And Jesus said, follow me. And he said, Lord, I want to follow you, but first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. If you're spiritually dead, if you're dead, then you're the one who needs to be burying the dead. You want to follow me, but not right now? No, thank you, because I got this 11. One of them's kind of acting like he's not sure, so I got at least 10 over here who are willing to follow me. You go and take care of your stuff. And then, when we think that God has taken all of those extras out of our life, when we think that we lost our worship leader and, oh, we lost our Sunday school teacher and we lost our, oh, we lost our men's ministries leader. We lost 18 members of the youth group. Well, I'm glad that's over. Now we can start to build. And then the revelation comes that God is not done subtracting yet. I'm not going to be able to get my wife to come to church if this doesn't stop. Come on. Here's my point. God does not need what we think we need to accomplish his missions. I've said it before. Can I be more plain than that? God doesn't need it. If we get down to, let's see, what would a percentage be? If we get down to three people who are faithful in accomplishing what God wants to accomplish, that's okay. My flesh is going to be turning over in the grave that I'm not in yet because that ain't the way that I like to do things. But God has his purpose and his plan. And here's the thing. God is going to receive the glory for it. Amen? God is going to receive the glory. Let me remind you of this. Little is much when God is in it. Little is little when it's left to my own devices. I'm pretty good with accomplishing nothing when I don't have a lot of resources. In fact, I have been known to accomplish nothing with a lot of resources. Let me just be honest. It's just the kind of guy I am. <laughs> but when God is in it, little is much. Remember the five loaves and fishes? It fed 5,000 people. Besides women and children, only God. Little is much when God is in it. When the 300 went to the camp of the Midianites, they weren't empty-handed. God had instructed Gideon to give them two things. Only 300 of them. I mean, he might as well give them something, right? He had instructed Gideon to give them a clay jar each and a shofar or a trumpet each. And when they approached the city, let me just break it down for you. First, they broke the clay jars and it startled the Midianites. Well, it would, wouldn't it? You hear 300 people breaking something in the distance. You don't really even know that they're on their way. It's going to get your attention. And a bunch, they just started to flee. They started to run away. And then, here's the part that's really awesome. They blew the trumpets all together. And God, when that happened, when they sounded that war cry, the Midianites began to turn on themselves. You see, even if there had been 32,000 people, Gideon couldn't have made that happen. But because he obeyed and because he thinned out like he was supposed to thin out the people, because he put into their hands what God told him to put into their hands, 
The sound of the trumpets altogether caused the Midianites to turn on each other. And the victory was won. What does God put in your hands today? What do we do when God puts a, a jar in our hands and he tells us to break it? We think, God, but you gave me this jar. That's a nice jar. I was going to pass this down to my children. Lord, you don't understand. I need this jar to build the ministry. Lord, this jar is going to be an antique soon, and I have to have it. Lord, now you know I would gladly give you this jar. I submit to you fully, and if it's your will that you have this jar, Lord, if it's your will that I break this jar, I will break it right now, and thou knowest that I will. But Lord, right now I have got all of my money in this jar. Lord, right now I've got all of my bread in this jar. Lord, all the oil that I have left in the house for me and my son to survive right now is in this jar. Right now, Lord, five loaves, three fishes I've got in this jar right here. But see, God doesn't give a rip what you've got in the jar. He said, break it. He said, sacrifice it. It's necessary for your victory, church. Don't make me go to shouting. And how about our trumpets? Those loud sounds can make us uncomfortable. But God doesn't particularly orchestrate his plans based on our comfort, does he? He really doesn't. God loves us, but he's got a greater plan for us than our immediate comfort, doesn't he? Amen? A greater plan than our immediate comfort. He said, blow the trumpets all together. And then we don't even have to go stabby stabby, right? The enemy begins to do that to himself. The enemy begins to defeat himself. What if right now we were in a position to encircle the problem areas of Afghanistan and just be completely obedient to the Lord? And we could watch them begin to turn against one another and have a victory. Now, let's bring it closer to home. What if we let God remove and eliminate and call away all the dross, all the the extra things that are in our lives today. We give God our excessive entertainment. We give God our being glued to our phones, 23-6, right? I mean, not 23-7, 24-7, because we have to eat sometimes, right? We, we give God our over-dedication to having material resources, and then we say, God, now you can use me. God, now... I can win my neighborhood to you. Are we willing to do that? And then God says, wait a minute. You still got too much. You still got way more than you need in your arsenal. You still got way more than you need in your life for this victory to be won. Because my child, if you won this victory right now, if you have your wayward children come back to me right now if you win your neighborhood right now with your charismatic personality and your awesome speaking skills you're going to receive the glory and that's not the way i want it done you see god unabashedly unashamedly wants to receive the glory right now if you get yourself out of the enormous debt that you're in right now if you pay your bills that there is no earthly way that you can pay even though I'm doing it for you God says I'm not going to receive the glory for it I want you to cut it out trim the fat let's get rid of some of this junk the first thing that God wants to get rid of I believe today 
is our backslidings, the thing that got us into a lot of those situations in the first place. Us doing the things that we know that we have been taught, that the scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit has over and over again convicted us that we should not be involved in. That's a good place to start, amen? Let's go right here today. Are y'all still with me? Can I get an amen? amen? Now, do you know what you amen? We're trimming the fat. We're going to get go from 32,000 weak to 300 strong. We're going to go from here we are with all of this stuff in our lives, resources in our lives, and we're going to listen to the Holy Spirit, and we're going to leave here today not 32,000 weak, but 300 strong. Are we willing? Bow your heads and find a place to pray. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope it's encouraged you. I hope that it's given you some motivation. Hey, go ahead and share it with a friend. For that matter, share it with an enemy. Just get the word out there. We want to reach as many people as possible. Also, thank you for your financial support. If you are not already a financial supporter, please prayerfully consider becoming one. Our Cash App, PayPal, and mailing address are located in the description below. Until next time, have an awesome day and live your Christ life now. Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.